This is Roberta Fallon, and we're at, I'm at the Galleries at Moore radio station this morning. Yeah, it's directing to my tabs. Okay. All right, so let's start again. Hi, uh, this is Roberta Fallon. I'm at the Galleries at Moore radio station here this morning with G. Wesley. Hi, G. Hey, Roberta. Hey, thanks for coming out. No, it's a pleasure. Beautiful Monday morning. Um, G. Wesley, you all may or may not know, he's the Spiegel Wilkes Curatorial Fellow at the ICA. And prior to that, he was at SLOT as a Senior Research and Curatorial Fellow there. Um, but he's also an artist, in addition to being a researcher and a writer, and he wears many hats as many people do in the art world, actually. Um, now, you went to Penn State Altoona in visual art studies, Yeah, right? I majored in visual art studies. And is that studio as well as? Yeah, it was a studio arts program, but it kind of it balanced a lot of like liberal arts and humanities coursework. OK, a lot uh, of writing lot of and writing, theory yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and then you've had a lot of scholarships, including one to Haystack. Mm -hmm. which is this amazing place in upstate New York, right? Yeah, Haystack's amazing in, in Deerau, Maine. And um, Maine. It, it was actually, I went to Haystack the same summer that I went to uh, Penland, another craft school, because I, I, my focus was in printmaking when I was in school. And um, Penland had just like received like a major endowment to complete uh, amazing letterpress studio. So I was kind of taking letterpress courses there and getting my hands dirty, trying to learn the process. And it kind of was the beginning of an interest in, um, in, in a, a continuation of an interest in publishing and print, and print culture. Oh my goodness, okay, well that, that's interesting. So you did printmaking in school. Did mm -hmm. you do letterpress in school or no? No, um, yeah, going it. to Penland was my first opportunity. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, do you currently make art? Do you have time? I know you're involved in many different extracurricular projects. I, I don't currently make art. Most of the art I make comes like whenever there's an opportunity for a project or something or like an exhibition opportunity and it sort of just like comes together there out of like ideas that I'm constantly thinking about relating to like one particular project or another. Yeah, I hear you on that. But that said, you have done, like you did a project that I get is art making, it's social practice, the mm -hmm. Living Library at Asian Arts. Yeah. You wanna so talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so Living Library was a project that was commissioned by Asian Arts Initiative when I was a, a artist in resident there, and it kind of involved this collection of 68 books um, that were all kind of curated to, to reflect upon the moment and historical uh, sort of um, climate and political climate of the 1960s and 1968 in particular. Um, and it existed as this kind of lent, a borrowing library that in order to circulate out a book, someone had to re put a, replace a book in its place. Um, and it convened on Saturdays throughout the summer and into the fall um, with kind of these small group discussions in which somebody who wanted to present a book would sort of like lead a conversation about the book that they were interested in presenting and other people would bring books of their own and sort of, um, so it was kind of like thinking about this, also the idea of like this, um, this library that would evolve and continue to change and like it, it would begin from this like um, selection of publications that me and an artist, Ethan Sherman, had selected together when we worked on the project. And um, and then by the end of it, in theory, right, it would be this completely different sort of like um, uh, morph into this completely different collection of books. Um, and it and it and it 
formed a like an intimate little community of people that I'm really close with um, now, and that we kind of continue this dialogue about like the books that we read and sort of like thinking like, oh, okay, this is interesting there. Um, and yeah, so yeah, Living Library was really exciting, um, but it's kind of discontinued at the moment. Um, okay, but why did you, I want to know why you selected or did you select the 60s as the time period to focus on initially? Um, it was kind of like as a, a generational um, sort of, as somebody of this generation, it seems like a very remote political episode that I don't have like a kind of personal relationship uh, uh, kind of a personal memory relationship with, but it's also like a moment that like had these uh, uh, transformative uh, sort of political and social events, whether it's like the assassination of Martin Luther King or sort of um, the Paris riots um, um, that happened in May, that occurred in May of '68, or um, sort of the escalation of the Vietnam War. It's sort of this pivotal year in which there's this um, shift in, in in kind of the the, the political tenor of uh, of the United States. Um, which is kind of relevant in, in, in an election year to think about like sort of this um, uh, I don't know, political pessimism or political optimism and whether that's um, whether which what which moment we're in at the moment or something. Oh my God, so. I, uh, I don't want to go down that path. It's, <laughs> it's very fraught with um, problems, let's say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but um, okay, so generations, let's how old are you? I'm 26. 26. Okay, very young. Um, so after the Living Library, what happened to the books? Does Asian Arts have them? Yeah, Are they on display yeah, there? Yeah, they're currently at Asian Arts Initiative. Okay, and um, did it actually change from the original set of books to like dramatically to what you mm -hmm. hypothesized? Yeah, it happen? didn't change entirely. There are still a lot of the books that we selected originally, um, but it did change in surprising ways. I felt like there was also a way in which like um, this sim this similar books kept getting sort of like circulated out and. Um, and um, certain ones would come back and then like and go away. Someone would someone would kind of t take one out and like think that they and put one in and think that it'd be there when they came back, but it wasn't or something like that. And someone else had gotten it. Um, but yeah, so it's still yeah, it's still at Asian Arts Initiative right now. Cool. So yeah. it's still a kind of living library then. Yeah, yeah, and we're ho and hopefully it'll kind of develop into something else. You know, like we'll find some purpose for it um, into the in the future. Very cool. And. At one point, at least, I think you had it outdoors, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Pearl Street was yeah, it? Yeah. So yeah. all of the sessions were, took place, um, oh. like the kind of discussion sessions, took place outside. Oh, it was behind, all inside. On, on Pearl Street, kind of to think about like um, open space and kind of like the leave open the possibility that walker buys could walker buys could kind of like stop by and join the conversation, which happened on a, a number of occasions. Did it you really? Know, someone would just sort of come by and see a bunch of books and sort of like. Um, started join the conversation, but it was always like a very small like, group of people, like around fifteen. Um, That's a like, big group of people. Like, oh, fifteen at the most, maybe like twelve to fifteen. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, so it, it, it was a kind of a manageable size for a discussion. Um, very yeah. cool. So um, that actually leads into your new project, which is called Ulysses. Mm -hmm. And I want to hear more about that. It's going to be, um, well, why don't you explain it? Yeah, so um, Ulysses is a project that, I, that I've been working on with, um, it's, we've been working on it, six of us. Um, so we began about a year ago, uh, actually. I can't believe it's been so long. And <laughs> it was, it was um, we kind of started from this idea of, like, there isn't really in Philadelphia, like, 
a space like Printed Matter or like Golden Age that was in Chicago for a time where people can find like independent art publications and, and um, artist books. That's kind of de a dedicated space for that in a bookshop that would also be like a sort of reading room space. Um, so it kind of began out of this interest to like create a, a place for people to have access to amazing publications from like an international range of publishers, but then also have a, a platform for book launches and to kind of consolidate and anchor a lot of the people who are interested in independent art publications and, inter and artist books in Philadelphia. Um, so, uh, so it's kind of starting from there, like um, the team comprised of Nerissa Cooney, um, who's a designer and works at Manic Contemporary in Jersey City right now, and Lauren Downing, who's one of my colleagues at ICA and works in curatorial there. Um, and Ricky Giannis, who's an artist and uh, independent curator and a member of Tiger Shack's Asteroid, and another designer named Joel Evie, who's amazing and is working on all sorts of projects here in Philadelphia, um, as well as uh, Kayla Romber, who's an artist and who instructs printmaking and independent publishing courses at Penn. Um, and so we kind of came together in an effort to create a space um, for publishing, um, and we're all we're also kind of like we're thinking about the way in which like the relationship between like terms and concept of publics and the public um, and publications. Like as somebody who works at a museum, um, we're kind of constantly thinking about like publics and how we relate to a public and how a museum creates a public and who is the public that like that we speak to and like sort of um, speak on behalf of um, and relate to, um, and like the exhibition is always and look to you as like the kind of central instrument for kind of presenting and displaying art to a public. And we're interested in the ways in which like a publication might be a suitable forum for that um, and, and a space where that can happen. I mean, it's a lot easier to kind of like um, present like a, a Camille Henry's latest monograph, you know, in book form and still have that kind of tactile material relationship and visual relationship than it is for like Camille Henry to sort of like have an exhibition in Philadelphia. So it's also about like the publication is a way of like circulating forms of visual material editorial content that um, relating to art that wouldn't otherwise be circulated. So that's something that's really important to us. Well, <clears throat> you mentioned circulation, and the Living Library had a circulation mm, yeah. process going on. So is Ulysses, first of all, I want to know where is it going to be, mm -hmm. because it's not open yet, but it's mm -hmm. opening soon, I believe. Mm -hmm. And second, will your books circulate? Do you have mm -hmm. a circulation sort of mm -hmm. thing going on? Yeah, so we're going to launch Ulysses in October, and... Uh, we'll be opening at the corner front and East will be more really front in Columbia, um, East Columbia, and, uh, and in Fishtown. So uh, we, we're going to have a storefront location that's facing the street. Um, at, and what we hope to do is to have a, um, books available for sale as well as a reading room component. Um, so people will be able to, we'll in, we want to create a space where people will be invited to kind of peruse and be exposed to um, content that um, and books that they might not otherwise um, be have access to, as well as for people to have the opportunity to take books with them. So circulation and sort of dissemination of content um, and of, of sort of like artist books is definitely a part of what we're interested in so seeing happen. So how are you, I'm sorry to interrupt, mm, how yeah. are you gathering your books? I mean, that seems to me a Herculean task. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. You want artist books, so I assume you're reaching out to mm -hmm. the artist bookmakers, yeah. but then there are magazines mm -hmm. and 
you know, scholarly things. Yeah. And how are you going to get your hands on those? Yeah, it's kind of like all of the above. So we're reaching out to artists and people who have artist book practices. And when we, you know, we did the Philadelphia Art Book Fair, so we were contacted by a lot of people who find out about us through that. Um, and then we're also working with distributors um, who distribute like lots and lots of publishers um, to, to sort of like buy books in bulk. And we're also contacting publishers directly um, who, you know, um, uh, as like a wholesaler um, and sort of purchasing books that way. Um, and then whatever we can't find there, we're sort of like um, um, working with other booksellers and sort of figuring out the ways that they're getting books. Um, so you want new books. Mm -hmm, You're not yeah. going to be like a used books, yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. So we'll be selling new books and sort of recent titles and, yeah, sort of focusing on like, titles in terms of like contemporary art and visual culture, graphic design, sort of like this wide intersection of like independent art publishing, you know, um, that include, that sort of is a product of lots of traditions, including, you know, sort of like concrete poetry and, um, and uh, sort of artist books. And Talk about concrete poetry. I've heard that several times recently. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me what it is? Yeah, like, so concrete is poetry is kind of like thinking about poetry in terms of like, as like a visual, um, as, as like a kind of visual form, you know, sort of thinking about the aesthetics of poetry and not just the meaning of the, t of the words. Um, and um, I mentioned, it's important to mention also is because like um, Ulysses this, this, uh, is named after uh, Ulysses Carrion, Ulysses Carrion, who was a um, Mexican poet and artist and maker of books, artist books and, um, and um, worked in concrete poetry and sound art um, and we, he also ran a bookshop in Amsterdam called Other Books and So, uh, so we, which is kind of one of the early precedents, earliest precedents, one of the earliest precedents for um, this kind of phenomena of the, of the artist's bookshop that we've seen proliferate all over the world. Um, and Ulysses is also important to us because um, he's, his practice is really at this like intersection of things like concrete poetry that are looking as at like um, at, at, as word as image and things like um, artist bookmaking and also like conceptual practices and contemporary uh, the birth of contemporary art so um, it, it's um, his practice is kind of like at this interesting intersection of all of those disciplines and like writing he's somebody who wrote a lot about the artist's book and like it's growing phenomenon he has this amazing essay called the new art of making books that kind of talks about a lot of that um, so yeah so definitely um, we, we want to see how publishing can, um, is positioned at this intersection of this like interdisciplinary ar array of, of, of sort of aesthetic forms, but then also it like bridges like um, kind of communal, the bookshop as this like kind of space that's communal, it's also commercial, it's creative, it's productive, um, and, and yeah, it kind of like pulls together all of those kind of, um, uh, those all of these kind of spaces that we think of as being dis distinct um are you go <clears throat> excuse me are you going to publish books yourself yeah do you have a yeah ambition for that yeah we hope to be continue um printing um editions so for the philadelphia art book fair we printed a couple of editions when those designed by joel and it was amazing a beautiful type treatment of uh text by ulysses carry on um that was printed on a risograph and then another that was printed on a risograph that was um, the reverse was designed by Haynes Riley, Riley. and then the, the opposite side was um, a kind of an iconic image of Ulysses Carrion, um, uh, a self-portrait of him. What's a risograph? 
Oh, a, a risograph is a, a kind of um, small press um, printing, print duplicator. It's, it's kind of like a, a mix between like a, a, a screen printing and like a copy machine. Mm. Um, so uh, mm. it came about in the 80s, I think, from um, Japan. And it's, um, it's like a, uh, a way of printing, if you're interested in printing like I think like a thousand copies um, of something, it's like it becomes more, uh, uh, more cost effective than using like, um, like a copy machine or something like that. Um, and it's, 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 um, but it's, it's analog, right? Not digital. It's, yeah, it's not digital. Um, it's kind of like this space between, yeah, just before um, digital. But like uh -huh. you, what you, you do is you make a kind of um, master um, plate. You, you sort of scan it on the fl a flat bed of, bed of the risograph. And then, um, and then you use that to sort of print um, multiples. Uh -huh. um, and yeah. is that going to be your tool for publishing? Yeah, it's you a, it's a you really. You have your hands on a risograph. Yeah, so it's a really kind of like um, uh, uh, accessible form of like sort of DIY form of, um, of of printing that's like in between these um, sort of like a, a really commonplace form of like the copier and like a um, a, a less accessible sort of like yeah. That's forms great. Of printing. I I can't wait to see one. I can't imagine it, but it sounds really great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we just we hope to continue um, sort of printing um, and and also we continue working with artists and designers. Um, one of the decisions we made about Ulysses early on was that we really wanted to create a space for public programming. You know, in addition to launching, um, uh, sort of, uh, in addition to hosting book launches, we really were interested in also um, creating like a curatorial program. Um, so. Uh, one of my favorite books is, you know, called Artist Magazines by Gwen Allen, and she talks about the way in which, like, in the 1960s and 70s, like, the artist magazine, you know, these kind of, like, magazines that she used, she identifies, like, a, a few examples, like Avalanche or Interfunction Noon, and, um, and she, as, um, as alternative spaces for art that were sort of, like, using the publication as a space, alternative space for art. Um, so we're interested in, like, sort of, like, inverting that formula and, like, creating an alternative, a s alternative space debt for publications, you know, sort of exploring, like, what does it mean to think about the physical space as, like, a space for um, publications and dedicated to publications. Um, so each season of our programming is going to be devoted and sort of divided into quarters that we'll explore a theme. And our first theme um, is active voice. And it's thinking about the voice and its role in kind of um, in relationship to listening and political representation, um, and um, we've invited a number of artists and like a curator and um, to sort of explore that theme. Um, sort of like the etymology of magazine comes from uh, the word uh, from a French and Arabic words that mean storehouse. Sort of like the magazine is this like container for a, a wide array of eclectica. Um, so we're interested in sort of like. Uh, restoring that idea of like this space is like a container for all of this kind of eclectic content, this uh, sort of iterative and disparate content. So you have like um, a roundtable discussion sort of thing. Is that what you're talking about with the curator and the artists and? Yeah. So a kind of a, a mix. So we've in, invited um, uh, Stephanie Jameson, who's an artist um, uh, who works across media, and she, to um, present her work um, same time. And then we'll also be uh, presenting uh, a number of videos in the space by um, Hannah Black, who's an artist based in Berlin. Um, and, um, and we'll also be 
uh, we've invited a curator, Mark Beasley, who works at Performa, um, is currently completing a book and a dissertation on the voice to sort of curate, and he's curated a selection of titles on the voice called, that he's entitled Revoice um, that we'll have set up and available in the space at all times. So um, you're talking about voice both literally and metaphorically. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and then Mark will sort of return in person with his, bringing it with his voice to, um, to, to uh, give, give a lecture on, um, on his current thinking on, in terms of uh, voice. Um, yeah, so yeah, so sort of like creating each season, sort of inviting contributors to um, to contribute to uh, thinking through the theme through their work and their practice um, that will be in the space, either as like a um, as a pr program series or a program, or as a, a exhibition or a artwork, or as a um, uh, curating a publication or something like that, or collaborating on a publication. Um, and I mean, it's kind of informed by our thoughts about the relationship between, you know, public programs, exhibitions, and, and, and publications. Uh, you know, and like coming from, an, in the kind of institutional context, like the, uh, the there's this, there are three nodes of kind of um, cur curatorial um, practice. You know, there's the publication, there's the exhibition, and there's the public program, and they existed within this hierarchy that we're all sort of familiar with. You know, the, the exhibition is central, and then secondary from that comes like, the, the publication as in the form of a catalog and programming in the form of sort of like exhibition related public programming. Um, so we're kind of interested in seeing like what, you know, what forms of curatorial practice are possible by sort of flattening that hierarchy or at times pivoting that relationship, so that kind of triangle, so that like publications are center. Um, or, um, so it's, it's kind of thinking about that and, and sort of experimenting with format and methods in that way. It's kind of like the inversion of the ICA, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but it, and, and, and to bring up ICA is interesting because like a lot of this is like um, influenced by ways in which like, like moments in which the ICA is kind of like um, inverted those relationships themselves, you know, like Extersis, which is an mm -hmm. amazing project mm -hmm. that Alex Klein organized at ICA that kind of looked at like brought in these three groups to sort of like, um, uh, there are these four groups, um, one after another, for like a sort of like these session residencies, um, uh, these semester-long residencies, to kind of um, uh, take over the space of the ICA mezzanine. And, and these groups were, you know, primary information or Uga Buga that were on the intersections of like archive and design and sort of like the materiality of, of, of text and, and visual culture, um, and kind of like it included like workshops and um, and uh, and. Uh, and, and events and um, discussions. discussions. Mm -hmm. So yeah, sort of looking towards that, mm -hmm. that is like a precedent as well, mm -hmm. sort of like. Um, so who's the audience do you envision? You've talked about publics. Yeah. So who's the public for Ulysses? I, I mean, I think in one way it's the public. The public is, the pub is like the kind of um, visual arts public that currently exists in Philadelphia that like goes to Vox Populi and the gallery spaces in the 319 building and the Crane Arts building on a regular basis. So the hard-bitten art lovers. And attends ICA, yeah. And then in another way, the public that we're hoping to cultivate is like a public that is interested in one of those ways in which independent art publishing sort of reaches other forms, you know, people who might be interested in um, books from a perspective of literature or people who might be interested in sort of a graphic design conversation coming at it from a different position. 
um, sort of uh, and creating a public, uh, yeah, creating a public for independent art publishing. Because I'm, I mean, um, it, it I'm, almost... I'm not sure that the public exists right uh -huh. yet. Um, it's it's sort of like a chicken and the egg situation in a way. Well, it's it's very scholarly, I think, what you're doing, mm -hmm. and so it almost sounds like you're setting up. I don't want to call it a Barnes Foundation, but uh, your own uh, scholarly enterprise that may reach out and pull people in just by virtue of the programming you do. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there's mm -hmm. so many educational institutions in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. It seems like this is yet another one, mm -hmm. but it does something that the other educational institutions aren't doing yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and or that's and maybe that's a kind of like worthy, very well articulated, worthy goal for us to sort of aspire to when we begin. I mean, Philadelphia has this really amazing legacy of all of these small scales, like sort of like um, organizations that ex have been around for really like you know like a hundred years or plus. You know, whether mm -hmm. it's like the uh, library company or like the Philosophical Society. Print Center. You know, the Print Center, for example, and uh, you know, like Thomas, or not, yeah, Benjamin Franklin famously had like his juntos that he would sort mm -hmm. of convene, you know, these gentlemen of letters or something like that um, to, to have these like Friday discussion groups on like a particular topic of interest at the time. Um, so there's like, yeah, a really rich history of like conversation and kind of um, and culture that exists in Philadelphia that goes back a long time. I hate to raise the issue, but are you going to document what you're doing? You know, video, mm -hmm. audio, that sort of thing? Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, uh, like coming from my experience with Slot is think that so much that, you know, Slot definitely sees the, the a crucial element of the work that they do is sort of like building this archive of content that like extends and crosses geography. Um, I mean, like I, I listen to many, many, many lectures on Slot's website before you know, like I ever lived in Philadelphia, and it was really this exciting um, sort of way of reaching a wider public. And yeah, that's really important to us as well, in keeping with the spirit of like print. I mean, in a way, like print is one of the first, perhaps the first kind of like trans geographic media that's able to sort of um, move around and, and circulate throughout different contexts. I mean, as somebody who was like, you know, born in what's considered the quote unquote developing world and sort of like raised in like the Midwest and like educated in Appalachia, you know, like there's this, I'm really interested in like the hierarchies that exist between geography and and and, and part of my interest in, in print and printmaking is the way in which um, print can kind of subvert and transcend some of those kind of like uh, geographic hierarchies by um, the distribution of content. Um, and in material form and in visual form to other places. Okay, so let's let's rewind a bit mm -hmm. here. Um, you and I met at Slot mm -hmm. a while ago, a couple mm -hmm. years ago, I think yeah. it was. And you told me when I was getting to know you that you were from a small town in Pennsylvania. But I just heard another story here about your life journey. So mm -hmm. where were you? Where were you born, and mm -hmm. um, when did you come to the U.S.? And yeah. what's with Appalachia? Yeah. Um, so I yeah I was born in uh, Monrovia, Liberia, in, and um, shortly after I was born in 1989, the war began, uh, the Civil War, uh, the Liberian Civil War, um, and in 1991, 
um, my family immigrated to the United States. My parents had gone to graduate school, um, like many Liberians do in the United States. Um, they went to Indiana University, and then they returned to Liberia, sort of like to continue their life there. Um, and then, um, so yeah. So, uh, and then I mostly grew up in Michigan and uh, and and Pennsylvania, Central and Western Pennsylvania. Um, but yeah. Uh, the the kind of the impact of the war and the experiences and the kind of stories that my parents had from it was definitely something that kind of shaped um, my my life and the way that I see the world and understand um, you know conflict and yeah and life everything um, and and definitely like the experience of being in an immigrant family and um, and the kind of like intimacy and closeness that you have um, in a circum with the people you like your family and like my brothers and sisters and my parents from being um, outsiders in a way in, in the United States um, and yeah uh, definitely all of that has like influenced the how I'm interested what I'm interested in politically and what I'm interested in in terms of contemporary art and, and, and yeah. yeah and community it and sounds community. like being feeling like that outsider you've mm -hmm. observed community with this kind of mm -hmm. hyper sensitivity to mm -hmm. it and are very community spirited i mean mm -hmm. that's what i've seen in all of your work since mm -hmm. you've since i've known you mm -hmm. yeah community is super important i mean as a cultural ethos to liberians and also like as a uh, yeah as somebody uh, yeah as, as as somebody from an from a kind of tight close uh, immigrant family um uh, and yeah, community, and and also the way in which, um, you know, in, in, from my experience, being this kind of m my family and you know my brothers and sisters and I being a kind of mirror to the United States of sort of like being here but um, not quite being completely um, uh, U.S. you know like Americans um, of sort of being able to step outside of this position. Um, and, and sort of see uh, the U.S. from a different perspective has been very valuable. I mean, I think lots of people I th can speak to that idea of being neither nor or something, like not fully in one category or another in terms of their identity and subjectivity. And I think that always gives someone like the abilities to sort of like see the kinds of constructions that shape um, what we think are these like essential categories that are in, um, in irreconcilable or something like that and sort of see the fluidity that exists between them. Are your folks academics? Yeah, my, my well, sort of. Um, sort of. My mom, uh, she's a poet and she teaches creative writing um, at um, Penn State and she, um, and my father is a instructor um, in um, religious studies. Um, religious studies. Mm -hmm, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, and so, yeah, and, Cool. And they studied at Indiana University. Yeah, they graduates? studied at Indi Indiana University and Bloomington. Um, at Bloomington mm -hmm. and at uh, the University of Liberia. Huh. Um, Do you have aspirations to go into academia, or you're creating your own mm, yeah, well, parallel universe here of academia? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say. Um, Academia necessarily like um, I don't have aspirations to go to academia, um, but I, I do think that like USC is kind of interested in forming these kind of like 
um, communities of learning, communities of self-learning that lots of people in Philadelphia are really um, interested in kind of shaping, um, whether it's people who are interested in like kind of externalizing the experience of like a graduate school education or like creating this kind of support structure for um, people uh, uh, to sort of continue things like critiques and like um, learning and kind of the kind of self-cultivation that some people found in schools. or in, in the 60s, that would have been called open university. Open university, I see. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's a similar political uh, or similar social impulse. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think that, yeah, there's a lot of energy about, like, sort of self-learning. You know, like, the St. Clair has really uh, been, like, a great example of that here in Philadelphia. Totally. Um, and, uh, and I think it's just going to continue and, and get stronger I mean but I, I also think that there's like uh, an importance to kind of like um, think critically of in terms of like um, not just creating parallel structures to have created parallel structures but to think about like how those structures fulfill um, something that's not being achieved or yeah a little bit but, of a critique yeah, of those structures yeah, yeah. yeah exactly yeah well I feel like we could go on and on, but I'm going to thank you right now. I've yeah. been talking with G. Wesley. Thank you so much, yeah. G. No, thank you. And let's give the uh, spelling of Ulysses. Oh, or yeah, Ulysses, very important, yeah. And the website. Yeah, so um, the spelling is U-L-I-S-E-S, -S, and the website is Ulysses, spelled um, Ulysses, <laughs> U-L-I-S-E-S -S dot U-S. Um, so Ulysses.us. Um, yeah. Okay. That's great. great. Thanks, Roberta. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much.